On this week's NFV SD and Reality Check, we're talking with Contron about how NFV can be used to bolster network voice and video capacity. Telecom Careers, the number one global telecom and wireless job board. Telecomcareers.com. Welcome to this week's NFV SD and Reality Check. I'm your host, Dan Meyer, Editor-in-Chief here at RCR Wireless News. Today we are joined by Sven Freudenfeld, who is the uh, Business Development Telecom and Cloud Infrastructure uh, and community, at the Communications Business Unit at Contron to talk a bit about the uh, virtualization world. Hey, uh, Sven, thanks so much for joining us today. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Great, great. Well, Sven is joining us from Germany, so hopefully with technology, this will all work very smoothly and there'll be no problems at all. But uh, but again, so then maybe for those who don't know much about uh, about the company, maybe you want to give us a little overview uh, of what Contron does, and maybe some of you know some of your recent news that you guys have announced uh, in terms of, of the virtualized space. Yeah, so uh, Contron is a publicly traded company headquartered in Germany uh, here in Augsburg. Um, we we are approximately twenty five uh, uh, fifteen hundred um, employees worldwide, mm-hmm. um, and we cover multiple vertical markets. So traditionally, we're coming from the embedded computing space. Mm-hmm. Uh, building components and solutions um, for multiple vertical markets. Uh, we have uh, uh, main three major vertical markets are communications, uh, industrial automation, as well as uh, aerospace, defense, and transportation. Um, and uh, as I said, we, we're building uh, complete solutions for these different vertical markets. We are also premier partner of Intel. Um, so the Intel IDF uh, just took place recently. Um, so we are pretty much on top of uh, uh, as most uh, products are based on the Intel technology. Got it. Yeah, obviously, uh, you know, working with Intel, I mean, partnerships are a big part of this virtualized world. It seems like uh, every week there's a new partnership being announced, a new organization being announced. You know, as you look at kind of these partnerships and your work with these different organizations, I mean, I know you guys are working with Alcatel Lucent. Uh, I think you have a deal with uh, with Vantrix as well. Uh, I guess how important are these uh, these uh, partnerships? With different different companies, different organizations, in terms of kind of advancing this move towards virtualization, whether it's NFV and SDN and cloud, how important are all those partnerships at this point in, in, in the process? Correct. Uh, so, I mean, uh, generally speaking, I mean, the whole infrastructure piece of the business uh, is from uh, from the from the device, from the end user device, all the way back to the back end, which is yeah. the cloud infrastructure. Um, and uh, obviously, we need the glue in between of that. Um, so we're talking about open stack virtualization, for example, uh, and other elements which are really bringing the solution to the market. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the pure hardware does not solve a, solve a problem. Um, so there is optimization being done to be optimized for, for deployments on that. Since we cover multiple vertical markets uh, and we have uh, industry expertise in all those different regions, um, we, have, we, we, we can bring the expertise uh, for 4G deployment eventually in, in about five years. I mean, we have only five years to go to actually have a framework ready for a deployment for the first rollout of a 5G network. Uh, and since we're covering uh, markets like industrial automations and as well uh, the IoT strategy, the NFV story fits pretty nicely into it. Um, media processing is another big aspect of that. So if you take a look at all the different use cases, um, uh, we have solutions that we can tailor together to help our customers to go to the market much quicker. 
Got it, got it. Yeah, you bring up some good points. I mean, obviously the 5G part and the IoT part, those are two kind of uh, segments of the, of the telecom space, at least, that have really gained a lot of attention over the past, you know, six to 12 months. And it seems like that's a big focus going forward. And it seems like the timing of that is really working well with this move towards virtualization because, uh, you know, virtualized, virtualization, it seems like it's a big part of kind of supporting both 5G and IoT. I mean, it seems like, you know, those two technologies are really going to rely heavily on the ability for, for telecom operators to virtualize a lot of their aspects of their network to really support uh, the advanced needs that these things are going to, I guess, require. It's, it does seem like the timing of all this is pretty convenient. I'm sure for you guys, it's been a, a lot of extra work as well, but it seems like it's all kind of coming together at a good time for everyone. Yeah, correct. So, I mean, the backbone for the uh, 5G solution is, is the NFV and SDN strategy. Yep. So, in SDN, you need to have the elastic, elasticity to actually scale up and scale down your resources as you need them. And for NFV, you need to be able to uh, move multiple functions into a standard environment in the data center, uh, which is not very simply done because uh, when we're coming, looking at the, uh, at the use case for audio and video, yeah. Uh, traditionally, media gateways and session border controllers, most of the time, containing DSP functions. And uh, with the current strategy on NFV and SDN, the target is to run on standard hardware, uh, mm -hmm. so X86 type of technology. Um, and we've been able to, to address these concerns with, by working closely with Intel um, and using a uh, CPU SKU which in, contained the GPU function built in uh, to the processor. And when using a media SDK software layer to actually use that dedicated function as a uh, media processing engine. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, um, we, can, we are actually able to manage it because if you want to manage uh, the peak hours for video streaming and so on, um, we, we need to be able to allocate resources as we need it. Um, we may have a peak hour in the evening and then during the night at two o'clock there's nobody watching video. So, this elasticity needs to be given, and in the DSP function today, uh, we are not able to manage it in that way. Um, what Intel did with the Media SDK and the, and the Iris Pro technology, they gave a good framework to be able to move session border, control, session border controller functions into a virtual environment. And this could be not only that, it could be also WebRTC, could be uh, unified communications, and so on. So this are uh, actually the first uh, applications moving into a virtual environment, as they are not as critical as other functionalities. Um, and since we are utilizing the graphic engine, the GPU for for video transporting, um, how about the audio transporting piece of that? And we purpose the uh, GPU also for audio transporting, with a, with a, with a density which is uh, acceptable to deploy um, uh, media gateways into this type of environment. Got it. And that's, that's a big part right now, because it does seem like you know, operators are definitely struggling, it seems, at least on the mobile side, struggling with this capacity concern, because again, they only have so much spectrum to use, and consumers, as everybody knows, are, you know, are using more and more video, streaming more and more content. And even voice voice traffic nowadays is starting to be transferred over the data network with Volti and WebRTC and different things like that. So it seems like operators are definitely having to focus more on optimizing uh, their, their data networks. And it seems like, you know, well, obviously virtualization is going to be a big, a big part of this. Uh, I, I guess, are you, are you finding that operators are pretty open to kind of this move towards, you know, bringing on more virtualization to, to kind of manage uh, these, these needs and these requirements? Um, it's uh, case by case. So we have a very successful story in, in Europe, um, working with uh, UPC, which is part of Liberty Global. Um, mm -hmm. 
Uh, they work, the software layer has been provided by Active Video Networks, which is, we call it the Cloud TV portion. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really virtualizing set-up boxes, uh, bringing it into a cloud environment. Um, and uh, uh, the technology has been adapted very quickly. So we've been delivering content, or this platform is delivering content um, for about a year almost now. Um, and uh, of course, in the beginning, there was a bit of a reluctance. Uh, see, because uh, obviously Intel has um, been known as a, a, a processor vendor, not so much as a software vendor. Um, but uh, the, the whole package has shown that um, the uh, functionality for media transcoding is very well suited to be deployed in the, in the live network. Got it, got it. And obviously Intel is a big part of this. I mean, I know in the past, you know, like you said, Intel's kind of been known as a hardware company, but with this move towards virtualization, it seems like you guys are doing a lot of work with them as well. They are becoming uh, very central to this whole move towards virtualization. I mean, they're, they're a big part of kind of the, the platforms that are being used and kind of the standards that are being being brought together. It seems like Intel's definitely a, a becoming a bigger and bigger part of, of the telecom space here. Well, it's an ecosystem, right? If you deploy, it's, it's a network function. Yeah. And uh, it's a software-defined network. Yeah. Meaning there's different ends to it. So if you take a look at the uh, NFV uh, scenario, um, so technologies like the GPU uh, virtualization needs to be supported by the software partners as well. For example, mm -hmm. for example, Red Hat, um, Mirantis, and so on. Everybody who's working in this virtualization uh, or orchestration tool uh, business. Um, of course, it can only be done if you create an ecosystem. And this ecosystem on the Intel side, they call it the network builder uh, community. And what it really does is showing some real cases, use cases, um, to address one function at another. Um, we won't be able to go in, in, in a virtual environment overnight. So we need to really look at which use cases make sense um, uh, and how it can be managed. So. The cloud strategy is similar to that. I mean, the cloud orchestration is really a, 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 the challenge phase, the interoperability. Um, can I actually really manage my resources uh, seamlessly? Um, and this is, at the moment, still the, uh, the biggest concern to bring some functions into a, into a standard-based environment. Um, so that's why, uh, by addressing that upfront before deployment and actually proven that it's been working, uh, it's it's a safer way and uh, and gives the confidence of customers to move in that direction. Got it, got it, makes sense. Yeah, I mean, obviously that, that orchestration aspect of this is gonna be a big part of, of this move towards virtualization, virtualization because again, these telecom operators uh, have got this legacy equipment that's been you know operating for 20, 30 years now and, and operating very well. Uh, it's already paid for for the most part. So uh, they don't wanna give that up immediately, but again, they know they do have to move towards a virtualized environment to support these future services to compete with OTT things like that. So, but it does seem like there's going to be this kind of you know five to ten year period, maybe even longer, where there's going to be this legacy and this new stuff that has to be uh, managed uh, in between there for for a period of time. That's going to be that seems like it's going to be a bit of a challenge, definitely for for I'm, guess, I'm guessing software guys and hardware guys, everybody involved in this. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, each uh, of the players we're dealing with or we're working with uh, has uh, different uh, scenarios. Yeah. Right? when you move into a virtual environment. So the private cloud uh, is, is something that is probably a little, little bit more quicker to adopt than moving all your key functions, especially in telecom and network function virtualization into a, into a private cloud environment. Most likely it will be a, 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 a um, it will not be a public environment at the moment. 
Um, and um, uh, from a technology standpoint, um, the security aspect is another uh, concern. Uh, sure. to That's why we're looking at uh, the, the, the main functions. And if you look at you know the rollout of 5G, um, I mean, video is, is definitely the first one to look at for increased capacity, uh, more video streams, more devices being available. Um, and then the next one of them on the list on the 5G technology is really the IoT strategy. Yeah. Um, because each market has is their virtual environment. The Ericsson folks, for example, they, 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 call, it an, a, uh, they call it network slices. So each vertical market has a different slice in the 5G network and needs to be secured. And it needs to also be able to do other functions than, than, than just a traditional voice and video. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be a tricky part. You're right, the security aspect of this is gonna be huge. And it seems like that's becoming more and more of a concern almost by the, by the month, really. So uh, that's obviously something you guys gotta get in front of early because uh, those needs and those requirements uh, especially in terms of IoT and connect, the connected car and different things like that, that's going to be a huge part that you know people are definitely concerned about. So that's going to be a I feel like a big challenge for a lot of companies going forward is kind of managing that security need uh, as this, as this move towards virtualization and cloud uh, uh, kind of ramps up even even more. So correct. And then the aspect for high availability. So when when we have a uh, standard traditional telecom network, we now we have a five lines given. Now we're moving into a data center environment. So how can I guarantee my five lines? Um, and uh, sure, you can do it with standard service, what you can get on the market today. Um, but what sort of high availability and what kind of scalability you can get into that platform? Uh, power consumption and scalability, that's the other two aspects. Uh, not only cooling, but also you know, maintenance, operations costs, and so on. Um, so, so we took a stab on that and we, we created platforms which are tailored to that which are easy to manage, which are ready for NAV and SDN, including uh, open source support and so on, uh, on the back end, so creating private cloud environments, for example, and being compatible with open stack environments, uh, not only that, but also VMware and so on. VMware is also trying to step into the market for telecom. Um, and on the other hand, on the, on the back end, we have devices which are really tailored for IoT. Mm -hmm. uh, and and we, we do, we Hardware was our bread and butter in the past, but we're optimizing it in a way on how we're creating it, and also what layers on top we're going to be partnering with in order to, to bring the solution to the market. Got it, got it. I know I've talked to a lot of operators about this, and that's been one of their concerns has been this the, the, the whole five nines model. Now, obviously, in the telecom space, like you said, they, they've been kind of used to the five nines model, you know, for liabilities, you know, availability uh, for their networks. Uh, but that move towards virtualization, you know, I've talked to some companies, and they seem to kind of indicate that perhaps you know, a four nines or a three nines model might be sufficient for what, you know, operators are trying to do. Uh, but, you know, again, from the operators, they do seem to be more comfortable with, with you know, having five nines or whatever you want to do with, you know, the, the availability part. I guess, are we getting close enough to be able to, you know, I guess, is there enough, uh, um, are, are, can, people be, can, can people be confident enough that moving towards virtualization, but they're not going to lose uh, any sort of uh, reliability or, or availability that they're used to having in the telecom space? Yeah, there's also two aspects to that. So we, the first of them is the, uh, the uh, resource management, right? Okay. So how do I optimize my, my resources when I need it? Are they going to be available? Uh, how, how can I provision them without any, any, any interruption? Uh, this is the first thing. This is really in the, uh, in the cloud environment and, and open stack environment for orchestration and so on. 
Uh, the second one is actually the actual physical hardware. You know, how do I make sure that, that I don't have any, any downlink or I don't have any CPU failures and so on. Um, so what we're covering today in our platform without any software layers is already high availability and redundancy um, for power, for switching, for, for the node availability. On the OpenStack strategy, there's different flavors out there. So if you take a look, for example, at the Titanium platform, uh, from Windjava, which is yep. uh, which has integrated some of the telecom features for critical, minor, and major alarm to actually get alarm notification and also be able to automatically uh, allocate resources when a resource becomes uh, to uh, to a threshold. Um, so these are functions which are unique uh, to some of the telecom uh, applications. Versus some of the other applications which are more tailored to a data center environment may not need that uh, granularity. Um, but generally speaking, for the mission critical applications, um, um, voice, video, and data, um, that these are points where we don't need any inter interruption, right? Yeah, yeah. I obviously, I, like you said, voice is a big part of that because I know uh, consumers have a certain expectation when it comes to voice services, and if there's any sort of delay or lag there, uh, consumers don't, uh, you know, they get uh, they start calling their operator trying to complain about it. So that's always to be, you know, obviously, voice is not seen as the as kind of a the, the newest, latest kind of thing, but consumers still have ex expectation for voice. That's a good, a uh, good, uh, uh, thing there about you know kind of the, the need for that to be to be out there. So um, correct, and that's why the media gateways portion uh, yeah. for the audio transcoding is one of, of the aspects. If I'm able to manage it, if I can actually scale up and scale down, same on the video side, and, and still guarantee the service, um, and, uh, and 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 I can do unified communications without any hassle, and and move that function as a first one into a digital environment. It's already a, a given move forward to it. Uh, now the end-to-end -end orchestration from uh, you know data center across data center provision and so on. This is probably still a longer shot. I mean, there's a couple of things, but it still needs to be addressed, I guess. But uh, the market has shown there is already some good proof of concepts out there. Uh, looking at the Etsy uh, specification on the different use cases, uh, and we will <clears throat> we will uh, make <clears throat> bigger offerings on our platform as well. So, big data analytics is a, as a service is also another aspect of that. Right? Um, how do you manage the data? Uh, where is it going to be residing, and 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 how how quick can you process that? Uh, elasticity is there also because you need uh, compute resources when you do the analytics. If you don't do the analytics. Maybe you don't need the resources. So, so these are the two aspects on that, and we're working very close in collaboration with partners as well. Yeah, and that and that brings up a good point because obviously you know you know automation is going to be a big part of this virtual virtualization, and with this analytics coming in, I mean you know again with this, these advanced networks, you can get more and more information out of the network, but it becomes almost an overload of information. So you almost need the automation in place to be able to handle what's actually coming in. And if you have to make decisions on what to do next, if something's going down somewhere, you have to be able to make that uh, decision rapidly uh, to kind of, you know, again, make sure that the network stays up. And so yeah, automation is going to be a big part of dealing with those those new analytics coming in, in, in from, from the network as well. So uh, a, a big part of the platform there. So it uh, should be interesting how that plays out. Well, I guess maybe a final wrap up question here before we get to get to the end of this here. You know, as you look forward in this move towards virtualization in the, in the telecom space and, and the work you guys are doing there. You know, you've kind of mentioned some of the challenges already, I guess, but I mean, what do you see as perhaps for you guys, maybe the next big challenge that needs to be tackled uh, before you can kind of, I guess, make the next step or kind of, I guess, continue to support uh, this move towards, towards virtualization. What do you see as perhaps what's keeping you guys up at night the, the, the most at this point? 
So the first thing is that we have uh, uh, a roadmap, uh, which is uh, tailored to what's needed on the network um, and a platform strategy, which is uh, aligning with what the service providers are, are requesting. Mm -hmm. um, our previous business model, uh, the path of where we're coming from is we usually sold or we provided components and solutions to telecom equipment manufacturers. Uh, now that business model is changing, because these traditional equipment manufacturers becoming software vendors to the service providers. And we need to align with what the service providers requirements are uh, in the data center, in the cloud, and make sure we, we, we meet up with our uh, roadmap and strategy of a platform to be able to serve them the best efficient way. And also show them a way how they can reduce their operating expenses, but also their capital expenses in the network. Um, because this is still uh, underestimated in some of the deployments, uh, how rapidly video becomes uh, uh, very demanding on the network and how quick can I get resources become available uh, by not throwing additional hardware on top of it um, on, on standard servers and so on. So scalability, elasticity, and we are building platforms which are tailored for that. Yeah, yeah, and obviously that, it does seem like that's very the key to that is, is obviously the kind of like I guess the work, the uh, the the conversations between the vendors. I mean, obviously you're working with your your own vendors, but it seems like the the, the vendor community needs to be more open towards working with each other uh, when it comes to because because again the operators have a certain requirements, and if everybody can't work together to meet those, uh, at the end of the day nobody wins. So it does seem like it, it, this is now requiring the vendor community to be, to be more open and and to work more together. To, to meet those meet those challenges, that's a I'm sure a little bit different from what uh, traditionally has happened, at least in the telecom space. Uh, but it's a big move, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah very good. Well, hey, Sven, we definitely appreciate the insight on this today. Obviously, this is a space that's moving rapidly, and you guys seem like you're pretty busy uh, working on the processes there. So hopefully, we can catch up again soon on the topic. But again, thanks so much for the time and insight today. All right, thanks a lot, and thanks, thanks for having me. Great, no problem at all, and have a great week in there in Germany. And, uh, and again, thanks for for joining us today. We appreciate it. Thank all you. right. Well, that'll do it for this week's uh, NFTSD and Reality Check. Thanks for watching, and please make sure to check us out again next week. NFVSD and Reality Check with Dan Meyer is a production of RCR-TV. To suggest show topics or to reach Dan, you can find him on email, dmeyer at rcrwireless.com, and on Twitter at Meyer underscore Dan. For more Dan, news on NFVSDN and everything wireless, find your way over to rcrwireless.com.